Hi everyone, welcome again. I'm so so excited to have my next interview of the month where I interview speakers, leaders from across the world who have done some pioneering excellent work and I'm so excited and I've been with this uh, trainer trying to get her schedule for last few months. So it's not been easy, right? Because she's of course so busy and she also recently became a month so bum. So congratulations to her. I'm talking about, as you know already, Diana Robertson. She's an award-winning speaker, communication skills trainer, and founder of SkillMe, a soft skills academy. Having been a shy introvert herself, she has now devoted her life to helping introverts unleash their potential with the power of communication skills. So while we, I invite her to be on the stage, please drop in the chat from where you are joining us. And also, if you have any question that you want to ask, Diana, feel free to put it in the chat and we'll see what question we can take. So welcome, Diana. Welcome to the show. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Hello, everyone. Hi there. How are you doing? Awesome. So Diana, why don't we start with your journey? I know everybody, every one of us have our own unique stories, our own unique journey. So we'd like to hear from you about your journey in maybe one to two minutes. Sure. Uh, story behind what? Behind becoming a speaker, Haritosh, or behind, behind, I don't know, the business, or behind what? I mean, you can choose, your, I would say behind all, but that would be probably long. But let's, let's talk about the entrepreneurship as well as the uh, becoming a soft skills trader. Okay, fair enough. Um, sure. So since I was a child, I was I always wanted to become a business owner. That was just my thing. I know normal children will wanted random things, but I specifically wanted to become a business owner. But the thing is, there was one big issue. And the issue was that uh, I used to be a very quiet, shy kid. So the type of person who would sit in the corner, never raise her hand if I'm asked something in the classroom, and not because I wouldn't know the answer, but simply because I did not want the attention on all of these people looking at me. I would just get terrified, would go red, would go really scared, and I won't be able to say the right answer even if I know it. So I was that type of person. And the thing is, as you can imagine, in modern world, uh, somebody with such communication skills might be not the best person to lead a business because you need a lot of uh, interactions with people on a daily basis all the time. You need to manage your team. You need to find good suppliers. You need to negotiate some terms. You need to show um, leadership characteristics in yourselves. I mean, potentially you want to be charismatic as well and those are the things i all didn't have uh now i know uh harry josh gave me just two minutes <laughs> so okay. so I, I guess i'll just um I, I can speed it up but the point is i used to be there and uh that did not work that did not work for business that did not work for other works i was work i was applying for and what I started to do is I started to focus on my communication skills because I realized that was the stopping factor behind my, uh, in front of my success. 
So I started to do all types of things. I started to join public speaking clubs. I started to join various courses. We're talking public speaking, debates, drama, improv, you name it. I tried it. I tried them all. And it was a super, super difficult journey because, I mean, imagine if I struggled to, to speak in front of just the classroom. I mean, imagine if I needed to speak in front of the camera or in front of, you know, all those people whom I don't know. Uh, but eventually uh, it started to work. And I realized that it is possible to gain communication skills, even in adulthood. And uh, eventually I did it so much that I realized that actually I am now pretty good at teaching the stuff as well. And that's how it later developed into a business, even though that was never, never the plan. And I had other businesses before this, but it just seems to me that people started coming to me for advice or like, oh, Diana, can you help us with this and with that? And it just seemed to be the thing I was good at. And I felt that other people needed these type of skills and they wanted to learn them from somebody who learned them rather than who somebody naturally mm -hmm. had them. And that's how eventually it turned out into Skills Me Academy. Wow, that's an amazing journey. And yeah, you you didn't take more than three minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was the, you know, epiphany? What was the moment? Because I know you just talked about that. Yeah, this is where you said, okay, this is my ikigai, my purpose in life. Was there any particular instance that you discovered that now this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Or was it a series of events that led to that? Well, uh, yeah, sure. So the thing is, before this, I mean, I uh, my background is in finance, just so you know. So the way I viewed business opportunities was purely kind of financial outlook. So sort mm -hmm. of um, does it make sense to open a business in this industry? What's the growth rate of this industry? What's how difficult it is to enter? How difficult to exit? What are the costs? You know, all types of return on investment. So all types of things. And uh, whenever, as I mentioned earlier, I was always looking for business opportunities. So that's the type of outlook I had on these things. So before this i had a food delivery business in russia mm -hmm. so i think like uh, uber eats and deliveroo yet it was times when i mean it, it was some time ago so it wasn't when uh people delivered things it was the time when you would go and pick up from the restaurant so i organized the actual delivery system behind it so wow. But the thing is, uh, when I did that, for some reason, for a really unknown reason to me, I did not enjoy that. And mm. when you don't enjoy something, it's very hard to make yourself work for it, especially in startups where you don't see the money coming in straight away. You need to work really hard first and then, well, in most cases, and only then you see the income. And then... Uh, the income is not coming soon, and then you're not really enjoying the process. And for me, that was kind of, uh, <laughs> it's really hard to do. Um, and then due to a number of um, mm -hmm. just personal circumstances moving between countries, um, I stopped that business. And then uh, I kept on looking. I just continued being open. So, okay, so what kind of things can I open next? But the thing is, I mean, nothing really stood out to me i don't know i just couldn't find anything that i would enjoy 
until yeah. eventually, as I told you, like I was developing these communication skills, people started coming to me. I was giving advice for free. I was mentoring. Mm -hmm. Then I was organizing. I don't you. I mean, you know Toastmasters, but those of you who don't know. know Toastmasters, it's a volunteering uh, organization where you develop also public speaking skills. And there, as a volunteer, you can be in charge of a whole club, which is kind of like a small company in a sense. So I started mm -hmm. doing that and I realized I'm doing super well. I mean, we were like the top club in the whole, in whole Russia, actually, um, wow. in terms of uh, various things like new clients or just members progression and i realized it's something i really liked so that made mm. me for the first time consider maybe i should go into this industry and for the first time i wasn't looking at the financials i was looking at the type of thing that I enjoy and the type of thing i do well and well the finance followed later so yeah that's wow. that, that was kind of the moment um that's amazing and yeah i was looking at your profile you seem to be truly multinational i mean i've been into th three different geographies myself and i could see that you were in uk you were in russia you were in china and i don't know any other countries as well <laughs> syria syria wow so now that's an interesting question because i know every uh, geography and this is not to typecast any particular geography or country but there is an innate uh, communication style of different countries. So based on your time that you spend on different countries, what do you think are the different communication styles that you notice, say for in Russia and China and Syria and any other country that you have visited? Absolutely. That's a great question, Haritosh. It's actually a very <laughs> interesting question um, because, I mean, at SkillsMe Academy, we teach things more kind of internationally, but we're still UK-based, so it's still mm -hmm. more or less UK slash slightly American style, but I mean, that's about it. But sometimes, well, we often get people from all around the world, and sometimes we get interesting questions. For example, people come from Germany. Now, I've been to Germany. I didn't live in Germany. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I mean, every time I just can't but notice a major difference in a sense that Germans, it, from what it seems to me when they come to me, they seem mm -hmm. to be much more direct in their mm -hmm. communication. Also, possibly because in many cases we've got German engineers coming specifically to that as well. Uh, and for example, we teach to uh, add more context into things. So, for example, mm -hmm. we teach storytelling. And storytelling is not about saying one sentence, it's about adding Absolutely. more details. It's about adding, like telling about a journey. And it seems to be a skill that most German engineers, at least, uh, lack like properly lack uh, to the point mm -hmm. that uh, i mean i remember i was at one german university and there uh, i split people into groups and i asked okay so let's uh, you've got five minutes let's tell a story and i gave them the specific detail so it was a very simple story just about themselves something mm -hmm. to do with introduction basically and normally if i take a uk class where you've got mixed backgrounds what you'll have is that most of the people would be exceeding five minutes and they would be like oh i didn't finish my story there was still something to tell there people were done on average in 30 seconds wow done wow in 30 <laughs> seconds wow. so so when i get them back i'm like so uh, did you manage to finish on time they're like yeah, I mean, we finished ages ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
so that was a very interesting thing how i found that germany specifically was very very direct mm -hmm. if we take arabs they're actually people who probably in general don't really need to tell story learn storytelling because that's all they do they all will stories <laughs> right and it's very interesting very interesting so often, most people to most people it comes naturally. Not to all, obviously. Anything that I say today about different yeah. people, I'm generalizing. I'm just the general. I absolutely, thing. absolutely. That's what I also say at the start of the question. This is not to typecast somebody to say, yeah, this all all UK people or all Indian or all Chinese are like that. But this is a general observation you see as a coach. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely agree with you. Thanks for specifically mentioning this. This is just a general tendency. I guess the final example I'll bring is Eastern Europeans. So I'm talking about Russians, but that applies to countries nearby as well. Similar type mm. of communication style. So we're talking Poland, Ukraine, Lithuania. So very similar. Um, uh, I went to present at one big... Um, corporation in Russia yeah and I used it was an English presentation so I was using my normal English style of mm -hmm. presenting which is slightly towards American just because this is a type of thing that I like where I'm quite energetic I, I smile a lot I ask people questions so what do you think you know so I bring that energy intentionally that's actually, I mean, when, when I'm tired, I'm not like that. But when I'm on the stage, I try to be yeah. that way just to bring that energy up so people are involved with me so they can, so they listen to me. So this is like a tool that I intentionally use. Now, I did that at that uh, Russian corporation and um, people, you could see that I got people's attention. So, I mean, that was... Mm -hmm. That was a tick. They, they listened to me. They were paying attention. They heard me because I was asking them questions later. But what I also do is sometimes I distribute uh, feedback, mm -hmm. uh, anonymous feedback things. Feedback from them, yeah. And <laughs> I ask them um, about the style of presenting. And what I heard from them is literally the opposite of what I hear from people from the UK normally. Mm. So what majority of people wrote is that I was too energetic for them. I was like an somebody said an actress that needed attention. They were desperate for wow. attention. Um, actually, I really needed their attention, not because I wanted them to look at me. I wanted them to listen to me, but that's what they said. So. Not everybody, always not everyone. Everybody is different. Some people said, I love the energy. But in general, that's the tendency. Whereas in the UK, when I present, it seems to be the opposite. Most people mention that, oh my God, I really like the energy. It's so engaging. It's so entertaining, like super engaging speaker. So that's another interesting thing I learned uh, just by being myself. Apparently, I slightly upset some people. <laughs> Uh, in Russia. Yeah. So, yeah. Such an interesting conversation. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for sharing those stories. Now, while you are talking about all these stories, I do remember I saw a post from you on LinkedIn somewhere about uh, something which happened on an Italian restaurant when you were doing, yeah, proposing something. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that only if you're comfortable? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Just let me get a supporter. Sure. Harry Tosh is talking about the post where I was sharing a story 
of how I needed to present a sales presentation to right. my first ever client with that business I was talking to you about, the food delivery. So the comp my clients were the restaurants. And uh, my job as, a, uh, as an owner, I had to persuade those restaurants to work with me so that I deliver their food. And um, this situation happened when I went to this posh restaurant and they were desperate for clients. Like you could see, they were absolutely empty. Um, and what I was offering them would really, really help them out. Just like you could see that. They will just basically be making more sales and not losing anything else in return. Mm -hmm. So I come to them all prepared. And this is before I started work on my communications thing. This is like one of the hints I got that, oh, I need to develop my communication skills. So I come to them all prepared and I prepared a beautiful presentation. Haritosh. I bet you've never seen slides this beautiful in your life. <laughs> they were like, they, they were very, very beautiful. They were moving, like you press on one thing, it takes you to another thing. I mean, oh, best design, best uh, template as well, I mean, in terms of structure. Uh, and uh, so I start the slides and I get to slide number three. And the owner of the restaurant who was there, who was a very impatient Italian guy, he just stood up and he was like, so why should we work with you? And when he did that, and he just needed to wait for the actually two more slides because we would I had the 10 reasons why they should specifically work with me. But in that moment, when he did that, with that little bit of aggression as well, what happened is that it shut me up and mm. just made me close up. And instead of, I mean, what I should have done is like, okay, listen, so calm down, let's say, these are the main reason is because I'm gonna make you money. That's what I should have said, but I just couldn't. No mm. word escaped my mouth at all. And I was just sad like that and blinking at him like, what has just happened? And I couldn't remember what I was talking about. I just couldn't, even though, of course, I know I'm going to make you money. I couldn't say that. And the, what happened next is that in this moment, it happened so quickly. And I was calm, I guess, for quite a long time. Uh, not calm, quiet. The guy just went out and left the room and slammed the door. Wow. And that was such an embarrassing moment because his team, consisting of eight members, were still around the table looking at me. And I'm also looking at them. And they're like, hmm. and all stood up and also left the room right mm -hmm. after the guy. Uh, and somebody mentioned to me, um, well, the, these were nice slides. <laughs> what like, a compliment. <laughs> become my customer and I mean what was just happened I couldn't believe it and of course um in most cases that's not how the conversations go obviously I mean they're exceptionally slightly arrogant people uh, out there sometimes but the thing is it makes you realize that I actually could have done better and I I know that I could have made a client out of them because as I told you I knew that my service would have been of help 
to them. Mm. But then I couldn't. And that was one of the cues when I was like, okay, I really need to do something about it. And this is when uh, what helped me with this is learning impromptu speaking and uh, kind of improvising. I went to improv a lot. So that really helped me to, to get the ideas fast. Um, so again, it's another really nice skill to learn, which by the way, we teach at Skillsby Academy. Awesome, awesome. I love that story and you're filled with stories. So my next question is about storytelling itself, which is you do talk a lot about and teach about storytelling. Now, if somebody who's just starting off and he wants to learn storytelling, what are some of the things that one or two things that they can start incorporating like right after this interview? Sure. I mean, again, come with a mindset that it is a skill that you can learn. So I was born without good storytelling skills. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, I used to be the type of person who, if I am, especially in a group, if I'm in a group uh, thing with um, with um, my friends and they would be telling stories and laughing and like, oh, you can't imagine what happened and this and that. And I would be the type of person who would say, yes, or yeah, that's really cool. Oh, that's really funny. But I wouldn't be the speaker as such. Mm -hmm. I would be the listener who says, yes, 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 that's nice. And um, if I started to tell stories, and that I tried that many times, uh, what would happen is I would get lost on some detail and mm. go a bit slow. I, for some reason, I would not be able to grab their attention and keep it. Maybe I'll grab them and then in the middle of it, they start talking about something else that happened to some, somebody else. And that was just so, so rude if you think about it. But at the same time, I don't blame them. I mean, they're my friends. They didn't mean anything bad towards me. It's just because I, as a speaker, wasn't able to get their attention. Now, when I tell a story, I know that everybody comes down and just listens to me. So right. the number one thing, so basic number one advice is just be open to learning. If this is something mm. you don't have right now, it doesn't have to stay this way. It's definitely worth investing some time into learning this skill. Now, uh, a quick technique. Um, okay, just, just so you know, I won't be able to teach you too much about storytelling. Of course, of course. That's yeah, not the question. <laughs> to it but um just it, as part of this interview uh one of the core elements of any story is a conflict conflict mm. doesn't mean that you had a fight with somebody conflict is just the term storytellers use or filmmakers use but in fact it's any type of problem and so for example um if i i can tell you a fun story about how I nearly missed my flight, mm. but I cannot tell you about a fun story about how I went to the airport and everything was fine. That would yeah. be very boring. You see what I'm, yeah. what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing, nothing special in that, yeah. Exactly. So we as human beings, for some reason, we like the problems, and that's why people <laughs> like gossiping as well. Like, oh, can you imagine what she's done or something like that? It's about, it's all about problems, some sort of problems. Right. Um, and a lot of people say that, oh, my life is so boring. Nothing interesting happens. I don't have fun stories to tell. This is not true because Absolutely. literally all our lives are stories and we're faced with challenges every single day. 
All you need to do is to register. Okay, this is a challenge. I could potentially tell a story about it. So that would be the number one technique and the number one rule of storytelling. And also what you want to do is to make that the center of your story. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to, again, back to the, um, to the airport example about getting, um, n- nearly missing the flight. Let's say you nearly missed the flight uh, because of uh, security at the airport because they were really annoying with you. Well, in that case, you want that to be the middle of your story. You don't want to start how you woke up in the morning and you have plenty of time and you can mention it, but you can mention it really quickly, really but then quick. make sure, because people, if you, you, if you tell us uneventful things for too long, you're going to lose people attention and you're not going to get to the interesting bit. So you want to make sure that uneventful things, you tell them fast, but then the eventful thing, you don't tell it fast. You actually spend some time on telling, telling it like, and I look at the security guy and he looks at me and I'm like, well, and whatever, whatever thing happened there. Right, right. Whatever the story is. So you like as a magnifying glass, you want to bring that into that problem. Then that ends and then a quick conclusion at the end mm-hmm. rather than because a lot of people naturally what they think is, okay, this is a timeline and I need to spend an equal amount of time on everything. That's not true. You really want to, magnify the problem and tell less about the things wow. on other things. So Lovely. I hope it helps. That, that's amazing, amazing uh, tips that you know, first get into the storytelling mindset because anybody can be a great storyteller and then sharing the fring of our work of zooming in and zooming out onto the conflict versus all the integrated details. Yeah, yeah we all have been and yeah, I've been like telling too many details and by the end of the details like yeah, you can see people are turned off or they're checking their phones or, or doing something else. All right. Uh, so we are coming close towards the end, but I do want to ask you because you have been an introvert. Yeah, you say in your intro as well. Uh, so how can an introvert, and this is not only about you know, interpersonal communication or talking to somebody uh, on phone or friends and all, but also in the workspace, how can introvert, you no? Know, uh, how to say, uh, become a better communicator. Any, any few tips on that? Uh, sure. So I think what I'm going to say will apply not only to introverts, but also to extroverts, because mm-hmm. actually everyone needs to develop certain skills. It's, it's just Absolutely. different skills sometimes. So for example, um, I really needed to learn the skill of storytelling. I realized that once I did that uh i'm an introvert and i now being an introvert doesn't mean you can't say much but like Mm. i was a type of introvert who wouldn't say much i would be just like those german engineers who would communicate in quick sentences and that's all because i would think maybe that's all i can get from people in terms of attention now Mm -hmm. an extrovert in general, might be a person who would be saying more things. In general, doesn't mean that's all extroverts are like that. Yeah. So an introvert might need to learn how to tell longer and more interesting stories, but an extrovert might need to learn how to uh, not exaggerate in terms of details so much. So because they may also lose people's attention by saying so much, it's also possible. So the idea is it doesn't matter who you are, but what matters is how you develop 
the skills. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the main tip for developing any communication skill is to do it through practicing. And this mm -hmm. is key. I mean, it sounds, my, it might sound obvious, very obvious. But the thing is, if I ask you how to ride a bike, how to learn how to ride a bike, everybody will say, you just sit on the bike and you ride it. And you fall a few times, you get up, you ride again. When I ask, how do you learn public speaking or something? Uh, many people will start by, I don't know, maybe watching videos, Googling things, etc. But actually, I mean, it's great to get that knowledge. But unless you actually do it, you will never be able to speak in front of the public. Because in very many cases, you already know how to do things. And like, if I watch maybe somebody and like, as a non-professional speaker, I'll be like, well, they really need to say things louder and more expressively. But when you put me there, I know I need to be saying that, but I won't be able to do it. So literally Absolutely. the only effective way to learn communication skills is to actually do it and as much as much as possible. It's hard. It's the hardest way, but it's also the quickest way, actually. So in, at the end, it will really pay off. Awesome. Thank you so much, Diana, for sharing such an amazing, amazing insight. I know your time is limited. You've got a number of things. So tell us how people can connect with you and you know, what are kind of services that you offer. And yeah, uh, would love to connect you with some people. Sure. So, uh, I mean, you will find me personally on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me. Feel free to message me. And if you're interested in joining communication courses that we offer at SkillsMe Academy, and by the way, all of these courses are based on practice. So we don't only give you the knowledge, we also make sure that you practice it with us to the point where the skill becomes a part of who you are. So rather mm -hmm. than thinking of something, oh, what did they tell me lesson number three? It comes to you naturally. You just do it right. because you've done it with us many, many times. And to find SkillsMe Academy, you just write skillsme.co.uk or you can check out our Instagram. It's at skillsme soft skills, all in one word. Then you'll be able to get some kids, uh, some nice, uh, interesting ideas in the Instagram where we teach little things there. And also on our website, you'll be able to get the actual courses. Now, amazing. Thank you so much, Diana. And please, guys, go and check out her academy. I've checked out some of the Instagram posts and it's really intriguing and interesting content out there. And yeah, if you are looking for a soft skills trainer who want to learn and grow, yeah, go and check out her. Thank you so much once again. It was a pleasure and honor to have you in my show so i hope to work with you and talk to you pretty much again soon very very soon so take care and yeah for all the people who come join us as i say all the time until next time keep learning keep growing and keep going out of your comfort zone this is aritosh and i'll be back maybe next month maybe another month with another amazing speaker trainer all right take care stay safe stay blessed